the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And I want to welcome you to another Monday edition of Lifeline. So glad to have you in the house. So glad to have you with us on this Monday edition of Lifeline. The number to reach me is one 329 1-888-3675-329 in sunny California. The weather was very, very good today. I uh, I enjoyed some of the vitamin D as I was uh, uh, doing my chores and going about uh, my business here in the Bay Area, Castro Valley, Pleasant Hill, Hayward, and then uh, ultimately doing some janitorial work at the church, uh, which I love to do and meditate upon God's precepts. And you know where I'm at with uh, with everything that's going on. I um, I was uh, privy to a very good DVD, and I do want to recommend it to you because it basically gave a kind of synopsis of where we are and how we got here and where we're going, really, in in somewhat of an entertaining way. But there was a lot of factual truth behind it. The, um, The program is called Decoding Davos. Decoding Davos. D A V O S. The Global End Game, Decoding Davos, The Global End Game. All you have to do is kind of plug it in. This is on a par of the same level that I spoke with you about on last Monday when I told you to watch Event 201 because Event 201 uh, is kind of a precursor to this Decoding Davos, The Global End Game. Event 201 came out in about 2017 when the powers that be, your big tech, your government's, uh, your World Health Organization, your uh, Economic Forum, uh, World Economic Forum, and a few other interested parties whom for the moment we will simply call the architectures of the uh, present reset that we are already in, by the way. If you don't know it, it's really unfortunate that you would be operating with that kind of uh, lack of information as to why you and I are basically walking around uh, as uh, I don't know how I might uh, analogize this, but uh, we are all individuals who are culpable of destroying the world. If we breathe on someone, if we touch someone, if we inadvertently come too close to someone, we might begin. We might be the beginning of a contagion that could kill uh, tens of millions of people, as they would have you to think. But I really would want to encourage you to do whatever is necessary, acquire whatever information and data and resources you might be inclined to, to arm yourself with the kind of information that will liberate you from ignorance and certainly from uh, uh, the all-encompassing, ubiquitous misinformation and disinformation that our media outlets are intending to impose upon you. And having said that, and you know I've talked about this misinformation and disinformation for years, uh, when you watch 
the uh, event 201, they will tell you that one of the strategies that they had to implement, that they would implement upon there being a pandemic would be to blast the world, flood the world with information that they would deem correct and to do it so voluminously and so forcefully and so continuously that uh, ultimately people would collapse up under that data and just accept it as factual simply because it is coming so vigorously and so constantly and so, uh, again, ubiquitously, and it's being uh, packaged in uh, small uh, excerpts and uh, commercials and uh, recommendations by big stars and big tech and big pharma and individuals that you are called upon to trust. In other words, this particular propaganda piece is designed to instill in you an implicit trust in your government and in the media so as to not even doubt that they might even accidentally be imposing upon you uh, information, metrics, data uh, that's, that's wrong or dubious at best. And, uh, and, and, and it appears to be working. And now they have already stated uh, this particular goal time and time again because they, they learn just by the algorithms in the, the implementation and employment of, uh, of uh, Internet, social media. They know that they can, uh, they can impact people's minds. They know that they can, they can change people's opinions and views. It was masterfully done, masterfully done with the election three months ago. And, uh, and they know, therefore, that they have the power as Revelation chapter 13 plainly lays out, and there was given to him a voice speaking great things and blasphemies against God, blasphemy against God and against his temple and against those that dwell therein. Revelation 13, you can find that around verse four or five. And as such, I'm making the correlation between the biblical text and its prophetic statements about the... Uh, the uh, the voice that comes from uh, the most powerful and authoritative uh, streams in, in 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 humanity. Of course, contextually, we're dealing with the uh, first century assault against the temple and against the church in the reign of Vespasian and Titus, when they, in a godlike fashion, pseudo gods, they were uh, told the whole world that everyone will bow down to them and worship them. And here was the retort, a kind of uh, anthem on the part of the people. And tell me, is this not eerily, eerily uh, compatible to where we are today? Who can make war with the beast? Who can overcome the beast? The way the Holy Spirit lays that language out for you and me in Revelation chapter 13 it's to imply and explicitly assert that the narrative will work so marvelously upon humanity that the notion of pushing back against this secular world system, pushing back against this demonically inspired world system is futile and useless. Who can make war with the beast? And that's where we are in our society, and it's a kind of a sad reality for many, many Christians. I'm uh, doing uh, 
I'm doing programs now, studies with a, a small group of believers and getting feedback as to what has occurred over the last nine, 10 months since COVID has actually taken center stage in the life of most people, even, uh, even so massively uh, attention getting has COVID been that has basically removed God, usurped God out of their lives. You can tell by the attitude, the emotional changes, the, uh, the fear, the growing fear. I, uh, I told my congregation on Sunday, we had a phenomenal worship yesterday. You might want to listen to the message. It was called, um, Where is Your Faith? You can find that at grace-bible.com. Uh, next week's message is, Add to Your Faith. What I'm doing, ladies and gentlemen, is really working with our own congregation and the many hundreds of people that watch us online with the reestablishing and recalibration of our own said faith in the midst of everything that's going on, because I am absolutely positive that in a few months after this subtle quiet uh, is over with, we will hear some other dastardly news telling us that we have to give up even more rights if we want to live and survive. And as I stated a moment ago, the vast majority of people will simply succumb to it because... Who can make war with the beast? Now, the true believer, the child of the living God, born of God's spirit and predisposed to trusting God's word, will not just cower and submit to these assertions, even if it means having to uh, suffer the, uh, the uh, uh, rejection, if you will, of loved ones and friends, simply because they are not going to uh, basically just bow to the Pied Piper, give way to the Wizard of Oz, if you will, submit to the narrative just because it's coming through their cell phone or their computer or anywhere else. Uh, remember what you are called to do, child of the living God. Every day you wake up, your job is to worship the one true and living God uh, in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the power of his spirit. And, and most importantly right now, according to his word, not the figment of your own imagination, which is fickle and inclined to fantasy. You and me, you and I have no real stable grounds of determining right and wrong. We can only know what's right according to God's word. And when you violate God's word, you are open to the matrix. You are destined to be manipulated and to be uh, drawn into uh, deceptive uh, agendas, deceptive goals. You're just inclined to because that's just our nature as human beings. We are so susceptible to false narratives. I was watching this uh, this uh, YouTube event that I'm recommending to you, uh, and let me repeat it again before we go to break. Decoding Davos, the global endgame. Davos being D-A-V-O-S, Decoding Davos, the global endgame. And what I saw in the kind of uh, very neat, very clearly packaged. Uh, basically, it's the kind of warning, like uh, Paul Revere warning us about what happened on January 25th, 2021. They just had a new meeting after uh, after 2017, and then they had one in 2018, right before COVID. Now they have one on January 25th, 2021. And you want to watch it because you can put the bookends together and see how confident they are in their strategy presently working. But what was so phenomenal to me were the persons who were there. 
I can tell you who wasn't there. Donald Trump wasn't there. I can tell you who else wasn't there. Major conservative Republicans who understand what's going on and have been fighting and pushing back against a number of the things that are taking place right now. Not not to say at all that the Republicans are, are not guilty and culpable of this major trajectory into globalism, as I have shared with you before, the pump cart pumps uh, one way and then the other, but the cart as a whole continues to go in the same direction so that we are dealing with a left-right dialectic you are not to be deceived the left and the right are on the same page but there is something very unique going on and when i come back from the break i want to talk about it i'm going to raise some questions with you around it and then i'm going to take your phone calls on this monday edition of lifeline the number is one triple eight three six seven five three two nine one triple eight three six seven five three two nine you're listening to the monday edition of lifeline uh, as God would have it for this occasion. And you are listening to Jesse Gistan, and we will be right back. And we are back. The time is 521 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Uh, that's going to be an interesting forum with all of those particular pastors. Uh, that really is. I, I, I wonder with that eclectic of pastors, how much insight they will give to really what's going on. Uh, should we take the vaccines? I, I wonder what kind of real knowledge they will uh, offer and proffer to uh, to their constituencies, to the local members here as to a, a viable guidance to men and women as to the nature of the vaccines, the design and objective of the policies behind the vaccines, and as to the real relevance of the vaccines. I wonder whether or not uh, this is going to be um, exactly as uh, the government, I, I told you to watch Event 201, right? I told you to watch that. If you watch that, you'll find that one of the strategies among Event 201 is to get all of the authorities uh, on the same page with getting people to comply with the agenda without question. That it's all good, that uh, there is no potential harm, there's no potential difficulty, there's not even a debate about it. You don't even have doctors around the world by the tens of thousands in many different countries of whom you cannot know and hear about because they are canceled by big media, big tech. And you don't even know about what's going on in Washington over the last year. Many, many uh, uh, medical doctors and, and medical technicians and, and biologists and scientists have tried to speak to our government and our senators and congressmen about alternative methods for dealing with this COVID situation, apart from what is being told is the only way to solve this problem, and that's vaccines. You don't get to hear the whole story, and, and, and sadly, that's exactly the problem here for me. Uh, the problem for me uh, can be summed up under this beginning question for many of you. Here is the first question, and I'd love to hear from more of you. I've got one line, Phil. We've got three lines open, one 888 Here it is. Here's my question. Is slavery easier than freedom? Is slavery easier than freedom. 
You know, we've had to go through uh, this uh, uh, flood of what I call the foot soldiers of this movement about a year ago with uh, Black Lives Matter and Antifa and all of the different social justice warriors. And you remember what they did. They brought in a framed argument predicated upon critical race theory to basically blame America for all of the ills of the African-American community without legitimate stats without legitimate debate, without vigorous, vigorous, open uh, uh, dialogue, deconstruction, cross-examination, facts, uh, and what have you. It's just, it was just a massive propaganda piece. And it worked marvelously uh, for people predisposed to want to blame somebody else for their ills. Now, I'm, why am I bringing this up? Because I do remember... I do remember many, many years ago, as myself being the product of being an African-American, as myself being the product of great grandparents whose parents, that would be my great grandparents, who were slaves and uh, hearing many stories from them about uh, the blessings and the the benefits of, uh, of being free and the struggles and the difficulties. At the same time, the complexity of relationships that they had, even with uh with their slave masters. My question was, is it easier being a slave than it is being free? Now, if you answer no, it's not easier being a slave than being free, then why are we so easily succumbing to an incremental process of slavery all over again? Why are we so easily collapsing into it? Why are we so easily giving up our freedoms? Why are we so easily kowtowing to an agenda which really has not asked you your opinion, just telling you to be quiet and submit to the process? Since freedom is so much more easy to maintain than slavery. I say that because if you remember what your Bible taught you, that one of the great big paradigms of uh, of, of uh, freedom from slavery was the deliverance of the children of Israel out of where? Egypt. Now, do you remember what happened just two months into their freedom? Just two months after being delivered out of bondage in the which they were in for at least some 300 years, total 430. But here's what I will state, state about that in order for you and I to begin to really plunge into the biblical narrative, the only real text we can believe. You can't believe what you're hearing in terms of so-called scholars and teachers who will give you history according to, if you will, critical race theory. You cannot believe that. You must believe what the Word of God says. It's, it's much more accurate. It is what Peter calls the more sure word of prophecy, to which we do well to take heed as, as a guiding light that will lighten our hearts and illuminate our understanding and lead us unto the dawning of the day, and that is the full revelation of the person and work of Jesus Christ as our saving source and as our revelation leading us to glory as we submit to his crown rights as Lord and Savior. Apart from the word of God, we are just most susceptible to deception, and particularly, listen to me, by our leaders. All right, so the the question was, is slavery easier than freedom? According to the children of Israel, two months into their journey, they were complaining about no water and no food. And they were ready to go back into hard, vigorous control under Pharaoh. And the thing that I marveled at was that they went into Egypt because they were needy and hungry 
and their big brother, Joseph, or rather little brother, Joseph, had become prime minister of Egypt, according to the prophetic word, according to the providence of a sovereign God. And they lived wonderful lives of freedom in the midst of the Egyptians for probably two generations. And after Joseph died, the Pharaoh that did not know who Joseph was began to bring the free people into bondage and captivity. And even though the free people flourished and grew in number massively, it also increased their persecution. It also increased their pain and also increased their afflictions. And this is when Jehovah showed up to bring them out by a mighty hand and a stretched out arm and the destruction of 10 gods of Egypt in order to show that he was the one true and living God. It was a great picture of our redemption through Jesus Christ, who has liberated us from the curse of the law, from the bondage of sin and from the tyranny of the devil. If in fact your eyes have been opened whomsoever the son shall set free is free indeed if you continue in my word then are you my disciples indeed and you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free beloved believe not every spirit every doctrine every teacher but try the spirits whether they be of god or not and i would tell you as you sit around and watch this cadre of men and women tell you how you should respond to COVID and the vaccines, you better try them. You better test them. They're mere human beings. I'm very interested in what they would have to say. But getting to my point before I go to another break, what is it that has a man or woman inclined to want to go into bondage or be led to strictures of control and domination by rulers and governmental powers that have not demonstrated the decency of a real, real legitimate conversation about these things and whether or not there are legitimate and plausible alternatives to vaccination. Now, you know the stats are already out. This is why they're pushing for the preachers to tell you now. They're pushing for the preachers to tell you now because the stats are already out. This is what they do. They check the stats. They know that over 50% of people are suspicious, are concerned, and don't want to take the vaccine. So now they've got to get the uh, local uh, influential authorities that they believe have a real sway on the hearts of African-Americans and people of color, and particularly African-Americans. Do you know who that is? The preacher. The preacher. Well, my preacher said, well, but what does the word of God say? Now, I'm a preacher. I'm a pastor. I am among those men. No, several of those men, quite frankly, I do have my differences with them on multiple levels. And you guys have known it for decades. I wonder whether or not they're going to be representing God and a balanced interpretation of the scriptures in order to demonstrate a divine authority rather than human authority, or whether or not they have been spoken to by the powers that be in our government that basically are trying to move the whole of our society into a control mechanism, into a sheeple mentality that you'll be okay, you'll be okay if you just do what government says. Or will these men and women apparently, be demonstrating freedom and autonomy, the likes of Mr. John MacArthur, to tell you to be prudent, to tell you to be thoughtful, 
to tell you to prove all things and hold fast to that which is good? Or are they going to sell you the stock message that big pharma and government wants you to hear? That is going to be an intriguing moment. I'm looking forward to hearing at least the outcome of it. I will encourage you not to believe every word, Proverbs 14, 15, but look well to your going if you're going to be a prudent person. Now, I've got to take another break because uh, that's the way the clock goes. I'm glad to be with you on this Monday edition of Lifeline. I've got two lines open, one 888 We'll get Idris, and then we'll get Mark and Walnut Creek. Two lines open, one 888 367-5329. Let's keep talking about it while we have the freedom to talk. And let's keep the lights on in our hearts and mind and not stick your light under a bushel and give it over to the authority of men because God set you free to think. He set you free to think. But as I have stated, Israel has taught us it's easier to be a slave than it is to be free. See, as a slave, you don't have to think. All you have to do is do. If you're free, you got to be responsible to think and make choices and suffer the consequences thereof. I'll be right back. And we're back at the time, 538 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. We've got two lines open, one 367 if you will, if you want to join our conversation. I was just thinking before I go to the phone lines how dangerous it would be if these pastors are being used by uh, technology, by government, if you will, to lead the sheep to slaughter. How dangerous that would be if they don't care enough to, uh, to understand the controversy behind what's going on. And if in fact, as, uh, as a few of us, I'm warning you certainly that you need to know the, uh, the real uh, agenda and goals behind even this whole vaccine movement, which did not just happen impromptu, it's been prepared for, for years. And I've been warning you for decades about Goals 2000, Agenda 21, which is now Agenda 2030. I've been warning you about this stuff. I've been warning you about the global agenda. I've been warning you, according to the word of God, about the uh, the larger, if you will, one, government, one world government uh, operative and agenda. And it's here. And this is what you're dealing with, whether you want to admit it or not. Uh, and, and I just wonder, I hope that these persons, because, again, I know several of these individuals, particularly the men, I hope that they are not, being, if you will, controlled and, and uh, influenced by the government to lead people into a kind of um, uh, control by the agenda that will ultimately amount to devastation for souls for not following through a kind of agenda paradigm that would uh, re require much more diligence when it comes to these issues of vaccines and their short-term impact and their long-term impact. I hope, I hope and pray that they are not being used uh, uh, by the diabolical system to that end. And you guys pray for them too, because if they are, that means they are blind leaders of the blind. And uh, they um, will receive the greater damnation for not being watchmen on the wall as they should be. Let me quote one portion of scripture to you, and then we'll go to the phone lines. The text tells us in Revelation chapter 17, verse 13, these have one mind and shall give their power unto the beast 
and strength unto the beast. They shall make war with the lamb and the lamb shall overcome them. For he is Lord of lords and king of kings. And they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. Who are these? This is the vision that John saw of the final beast system, which is really historically, contextually, the Roman Empire. The ten horns are the ten powers, and often they are understood as complete power. The number ten, the number of completion. Complete power given to the secular governmental systems to work together in a uh, policy that's driven by the beast. Now, the beast happens to be that entity that God is calling the Antichrist authority on a secular level. Then you have the harlot or the false prophet, which is the religious level of which if any of us, me or the men that want to talk to you guys about the vaccines and COVID, if any of us are speaking for that voice, then we are whores and we are false prophets. We are the very people that the book of Revelation would be warning against if we are leading you into a trap to submit to policies that ultimately will bring you into slavery, spiritual slavery. Then we're harlots and we're false prophets and we're tools of the beast. Even if we appear to have horns like a lamb, we'll speak like a dragon. And uh, that my only my only confidence is that the elect will not hear them. That's my only confidence. One more line open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Let's go to line number uh, one and talk with Idris from Hayward. Idris, are you there? I'm Pastor. Hey, what's going on, bro? Oh man, your 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 teachings and doctrine is an acquired taste. But once once you can receive it, it it's it's great. I'll, every Monday, I look forward to listening to you. So I appreciate. Amen. What's your thoughts, bro? And uh, you uh, you said uh, um, <laughs> freedom or slavery, and then brought up the, the text. And all I could think of is um, freedom without discipline leads you right into bondage. So, yes, sir. You know, if, if you don't have the fruits of the spirit—love, joy, self-control, peace, um, gentleness, uh, long-suffering—then you're just gonna. This is a fallen world, and and then the Bible describes the enemy as the one of the craftiest. Um, you know, creatures. You want to go? Yes, exactly. And it's we live in a world where people think that they're so smart, but that you know that they're smart. I just tell people, are you smarter than the Word of God? Just say right. it, because that's how we right. acting. You know, yeah. we acting like you know. And Eve went after the 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 the, the, the fruit of, of good and evil, knowledge, science, and and that's what people are going on. We want anything but the obvious broken down record of the word of God, you know, and people keep looking for stuff and stuff. They do their science, they do their tests, just to come down to the basics that looks like what God is telling us is true, but people just, it's pride. Pride goes before destruction, and and you would think, you know, we know what the enemy's capable of, but you would think they they would do a good job to deceive us, but it's sloppy. You could literally see it like, this thing, this thing well organized, but yet people are falling and are afraid to, and, and you put it out there that Funny enough, I went to church today, and they literally talked about it. They're talking about, and and my pastor literally said, "Look, they're gonna be giving the vaccine, but I'm gonna wait for y'all to take it before I take it." So that was a way of kind of saying, "I'm not gonna take it, but I'm not gonna tell you." And I kind of, you know, I raised my eyebrow, but I understand. But it's it's sad. It's the, the it, it's sad what's out here, and like you said, it's the matrix. It's obvious to, to very few, but there are many that even if they can tell something is wrong, they're not ready to step against it. And and, and and that and that's where I'm at with that. 
Well, I, I love it because you're you're on point, Idris. Um, I, I would encourage you to keep going deeper in your understanding of uh, the the structure and the uh, the methodology that they're employing so that you can continue to be a voice on the wall as am I and many others. Uh, one of the advantages is that, like you stated, a lot of people know there's, there's something wrong. This was the case under Hitler. This was the case under Mussolini. This is the case under Mao. All of the Marxist countries where, where Marxism started dominating their country the people knew that there was something wrong, but they didn't have enough faith. They didn't have enough faith to speak out loud. It requires people speaking out loud. This is why we are in a council, uh, a council culture uh, as a tandem to the implementation of these kind of uh, global policies because council culture stops the dialogue. It stops the debate. This is why right now, and I don't even know how long I'm going to be on this program, I'll be honest with you, because at some right. point I push the envelope. I really do. But I, I, yeah. I know that it's important for me to do that. And, and, and even though you have very few people appreciating what I do, I know they benefit from it because that's the way truth works. Christ pushed the envelope. The apostles pushed the envelope. The early church pushed the envelope. Luther pushed the envelope. Calvin pushed the envelope. And I can go on and on and on. Uh, you have to because people are aware that something's wrong, Idris. They just don't have enough data and information. And that's on them because they should be prudent. They should be pursuing. They should be proving all things and holding fast to that which is good, as are you and a lot of others. Quite frankly, I have a lot of people that I know in our community here in the Bay Area that are wide open to this BS that's going down. But they, you know, there, there aren't a lot. I'll use your your pastor as an example. He, um, he, he was honest about him not taking it, but he's willing to let the other members take it on the premise that they are free to take it. He should go one step further, which is what I did, and that's explained to my congregation how these things work so that they go in informed. That would be his obligation as a teacher, as a preacher, as a prophet, as a pastor, as an overseer, as one who cares for the flock. Uh, it's a lot of work. Most pastors don't do it. I don't know if they don't care or don't have the disposition, but they should be doing it because the people of God should be what you are intimating and that is discerning. Now, it's wonderful to have all the fruit of the Spirit. That's a critical calling for disposition when you engage. But what we got to have, Idris, right now is discernment. We have to be able to discern truth from error. We have to dis discern good arguments from bad arguments. We have to discern when we're being manipulated and cajoled uh, by promises that don't square with reality uh, from just the facts, ma'am, just the facts. Lay out for me the pros and the cons. Give me the statistics, the metrics, and I can I can make a determination for myself. I do not need you to persuade me with uh, language and terminology that does not correspond with the facts. Give me the credit. Uh, give me the benefit of the doubt that I can think for myself. If you do that, then it's on me. If I make the choice to take it, it's on. Me. Listen, thank you for the call, my dear brother. I got to take a break. Mark, Deshaun, Richard, uh, I'll catch you after this break on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Listen, you guys, the Bible's very clear. You prove everything, and then you hold fast to that which is good.
We'll be right back. All right, we're back. Let's go to line number two and talk with Mark from Walnut Creek. Mark, are you there? Yes, Jesse. How you doing? I'm great, man. How are you? Pretty good. Appreciate you talking. Um, my only comments were: I feel I feel like there's a strong uh, spirit of delusion or strong delusion because there's the information's out there. People can research, but they don't do it. And when I present it to them, a lot of present it to friends or ex former pastors, brothers, it's almost like it's ignored to a certain extent. So I just feel like there's like a, I don't know if, if this is the, the grand delusion or, or anything. I just feel like there's this spirit of delusion. Right. Well, the, it all starts with indifference and the indifference can be a consequence of a number of variables. Uh, it all depends on what kind of re relationship you might have with them. Uh, uh, you know, because people don't, People don't like controversy, uh, and this is one of the things that over the last maybe 20 or 30 years that this Hollywood version of Christianity, this Disneyland version of Christianity has proffered uh, in, uh, in the uh, Western uh, world and the Western church. Uh, is a kind of no sufferings Christianity, no conflict Christianity, no confrontation Christianity, no challenging me Christianity. Let's just all get along. Let's just all love one another type of Christianity. Uh, and it's certainly uh, true. And, and, uh, and, and the word of God has told you that, that um, the time will come that men will not uh, adhere to sound doctrine sound doctrine. As you encourage people to do what I'm doing, Mark, they don't want to hear that. They don't want to have to work through their uh, their fears and work through their prejudices. They just don't. And so uh, that people don't hear you, you give them the information. You don't be belligerent. You don't be mean. Don't be unkind. But you, you share it with them, and then you keep it moving, particularly if you're giving them a balanced view of all the arguments you know because you've been with us at grace for a, a little while now that my uh my mode of operation is to give uh an argument that both sides need to be heard i don't care uh that you have a position or not you need to hear all of the data you need to hear people who are on the pro side and people who are on the con side otherwise uh, you're like the simpleton of Proverbs 14, 15. The simple believe every word, but the prudent will look well to his goings. And when you don't find a community of believers functioning with that kind of prudence and discipline, then, you, you know, you got to keep it moving because you will run across those who will. Um, is there anything else before I let you go? Well, there's kind of a normalcy bias a lot of the church, and they want everybody, they want everything to go back to normal, so they want... That's not happening. Right. Yeah, That's what I stated it. in my opening line. You are absolutely right. And this is what is meant by, uh, well, let me say something briefly about that. This normalcy bias that our churches are asking for is the very delusion that I stated a moment ago in my previous statement, that we have been living in abnormal for decades in America. Normal is persecution. Normal is uh, ostracization. Normal is the minimi minimalizing of the believer's viewpoint. Normal 
is suffering for Christ's sake. Ask believers around the world what normalcy is. Normalcy is not what we have been engaging in in a hyper-prosperous, very carnal, materialistic Christianity that has dominated us for the last 60, 70, 80, probably more than that years here in the West. That kind of Christianity, which is a not Christianity at all, really, does not line up with historic Christianity. So what they are asking for is that we might go back to abnormal because we are about to move into the normal, and that is a world that rejects a biblical worldview, a hostile, antichrist, man-centered, carnal, fleshly world system that is so far left now that we are entertaining the irrational, postmodern illogic of transgenderism as a biological correlation to uh, the uh, male-female binary Uh, uh, reality of men and women according to God. And we are contemplating that as a rationally coherent uh, justification for equality. This is the Equality Act that Biden has signed in. It's almost accepted. It's going to the Senate now for approval. I hope they reject it because that is going to really put the believer and Christian communities and churches and ministries in the bullseye if we don't kowtow to exactly the language that they want us to concerning the transgender movement. But I talked about this right at the beginning of us busting up the social justice movement about a year and a half ago. So that's where we're going. We're going to where Christianity is normal, normally hated. All right. Thank you for the call. Let me take one more call. Let's see. Richard and not not. I want to take Deshauna, uh, my uh, my friend. I want to go to Deshauna on line number three, but we'll have to take Richard and uh, Bo on the other side of the break. Deshauna, are you there? I'm here. How are you, Pastor? I'm great. What's your thoughts? I was calling to answer your question about whether people prefer slavery over freedom. Absolutely. Um, What's your thought? I think think it's a great question, and I think people's knee-jerk reaction would be, of course, we prefer freedom. But I think practically, um, people prefer slavery. People prefer, um, and and what I mean by that as as far as uh, stability as far as somebody directing them, I think a lot of people don't like to think. I don't, and even if they do think, they're afraid to make a decision if they get it wrong. Instead right. of just saying, "Okay, I messed up and own it," and and okay, I've learned from this. That's been lost on a lot of people, and and that is a form of slavery. I think we we jumped to the 200 years ago of the African slave trade, but not understanding that we are enslaved to many things, whether it's entertainment, whether it's just laziness. Um, And so I think in practicality, people, um, to an extent, and I see this with my own kids, oh, can you do this for me? Can you do that for us? No, you can get up and do this yourself. But once you're used to being catered to, then you have to do the work. And it's like, yeah, no, I don't want to do the work. And so I think now in 2021, we're primed, like you said, after many, many years of of kind of being little princesses and princesses, we're primed for somebody to come in and just take control. Don't worry about it. 
I'll tell you what to do. Don't think what? about it. I'll tell you what to do. Well, um, um, Klaus Schwab, who was one of the uh, architectures for uh, the reset, said, in a while, between now and 2030, 2020 and 2030, and we're only nine years out, uh, most people won't own anything and they'll be happy about it. This is called Marxism. And that's the way you get them. You retrain them, you repatriate them, you re you uh, re-educate them to understanding how how glorious it is to have a big government just take care of everything for you. You don't have to do anything for yourself. We will take care of you. This is Big Brother that I talked about on Sunday. I wish people would watch it, 1984, Big Brother. It's here, and uh, people are discovering now that it's easier to be a slave uh, of men even than to be a slave of Christ uh, and walk freely. Listen, thank you for your call. Got to take a hard break. Uh, two lines open, one triple eight. 3675329 This is not new, ladies and gentlemen. We've been here before. It's just our turn. I'll be right back.